I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans. Vietnola is our window into our Vietnamese community in New Orleans and a bridge to Vietnam. We're a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình phát hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam in New Orleans. Vietnola là một cánh cửa để nhìn vào cộng đồng ở New Orleans và một cảnh nối với quê hương. Vietnola là một số trình diễn trong chương trình phát hành podcast itsneworleans.com. Today on the show, we'll continue our conversation from last week with our guests Tom Lasher and Dr. Mai Do. American Tom Lasher and Vietnam native Mai Do have been married since 2009 and have two children, ages one and three. Mai is a doctor and a professor at Tulane University School of Public Health. She comes from a family of doctors, all of whom live and work in Vietnam to this day. Tom works in community redevelopment and came to New Orleans from Portland, Oregon to work with local government after Hurricane Katrina. Last week, we chatted with them about the trials and tribulations of having biracial, binational, having a biracial, binational relationship that resulted in a marriage. Today, I'd like to talk to them about what it's like to raise biracial children with strong ties to both this city and Vietnam. Tom and Mai, thanks for coming back and thanks for continuing this conversation with yeah. us. No I I want to ask you about this, you know, the second major event uh, that we're going to talk about and having children and especially considering that you still have very strong ties to Vietnam um, all mm -hmm. your family is there mm -hmm. when you got married or when you became more seriously um, dating Tom were you certain that you wanted children <laughs> <laughs> of course I remember Tom asked me once and I, he remembers too he asked me if I wanted any children Mm -hmm. And I told him, that's not a question to ask a Vietnamese woman. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, how many? <laughs> <laughs> so here you are, recalibrating your... Not more than two, please. Yeah. Not more than two. <laughs> You're like, this is not like other career American women I've met. That's right. Know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so how to end the, what was that dialogue like? You know, because you were both adults when you met each other. You were not these young, naive things just out of high school or college. So what, what was that like, Tom, when you, you're realizing this is, a different, this is a different culture I'm marrying into? Right. Um, well, suddenly it was like, geez, this is, this is kind of scary. You know? <laughs> there, there, there was certainly a moment of silence on his part. <laughs> And how long had you been dating when that question came up? Oh, um, oh. We got married after about two years. Okay. But the children question. The After children question was when we were still dating. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think maybe maybe six months because I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think I think it's I like yeah, when, when the, it's hard to draw the line of when we started dating and when questions like that started coming up. I mean, it, it's like I think at some point we realized I guess I guess we are dating, <laughs> and then and then you know yeah then then the scary scary questions started to uh, to to emerge. <laughs> so the, her answer was. Right. That actually, you got the wrong question. <laughs> How many? And so, and, and your reaction? What was that? Um, well, at the time, I don't think I was living in New Orleans at the time. I think I was still Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think I was still in Baton Rouge because oh, okay. when, when it when it came, I was I was in Baton Rouge for nine months, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. well, I waited for this project to take off, and uh, 
And I, I was beginning to wonder if I actually ever be in New Orleans. And I was like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> you know, I never want to commute again because <laughs> I'd, I'd done that in Oregon. And um, so, uh, so yeah, and it, it, it was a little bit, it was just scary. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about it was scary? I mean, the normal, a lot of men are afraid of the idea of children I think in that's general. It. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You weren't daunted by the fact that this meant having children with someone who's from another country mm-hmm. that meaning you might move there. No, I, I, that was, that was actually, I mean, I think that would be exciting. That would be the exciting part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that for me, I'm, I, it, it, it makes it a lot more interesting, you know, having the, the different cultures, you know, and knowing that, you know, if you have kids that you're raising them with, you know, with two different cultures. And for you, my, it didn't concern you that this meant maybe creating a life here with your family away from the family network that, you know, has been such a network for you, the support network for you? Um, no, it wasn't. I, I wasn't really thinking about that because mm-hmm. I guess because by the time I had been living away from the family for most of the time uh, for so long already mm-hmm. and I was still going back almost every year mm-hmm. so I, I still have the strong ties there but on the other hand I felt comfortable mm-hmm. uh, living and working in this environment so it wasn't like a big surprising moment mm-hmm. it yeah. wasn't as much of a shock for you as maybe for Tom <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that it was that one aspect of it <laughs> which which I shouldn't have been surprised about <laughs> So you have children, you're learning Vietnamese. Right. Your children speak Vietnamese. I mean, one is quite young, one, and mm-hmm. then the other one is three. And tell me their names again. Uh, the three-year-old is Ethan, mm-hmm. and Maddie is the one-year-old daughter. Okay. Are you raising them to speak Vietnamese? Yes, that's. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ethan is fluent in Vietnamese, and his first language is Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he started learning uh, to talk, mm-hmm. to speak. He was in Vietnam, so so Vietnamese is oh, actually the first language. He was there. He turned two in he Vietnam. A, he was yeah. there for, for four perfect months. Perfect timing. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I I hope he will keep it up. Uh, I heard that when children Vietnamese here have been telling me that uh, when children start grade school, then they kind of start losing their Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I hope Maddie would uh, be able to do the same. Because right now, Ethan keeps uh, Ethan talks to Maddie in Vietnamese. Oh, <laughs> Maddie doesn't, of course, doesn't understand. Ethan talks to the cat in Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, and how does the cat respond? <laughs> yeah, Maddie doesn't respond. He knows either. a few words. The cat. <laughs> he doesn't speak them. He, he knows well, swung D. Yeah, if, if the cat, yeah, really, if the cat gets on the Get dining table, Ethan pitu swung D, and the cat gets off the table. So, <laughs> animals are great in reading tone. I think. Yeah. Right. My my parents stayed at my house for a week and my mom really took a liking to my fairly large dog that kind of resembles a pit bull Mm. it kind of surprised everyone including herself that she liked him and i heard her trying to sneak food to him human food to him in the kitchen (laughs) and instruct him in vietnamese to get out soon before he gets in trouble with me (laughs) and and then i heard his little paws tapping on the floor like running away i'm like mom 
I mean, I'm glad he's speaking Vietnamese, or he's learning Vietnamese, but stop feeding him human <laughs> food. It's funny how, how, how parents, you know, are just so strict with the children, oh but when it comes God. to the grandchildren and the grand dog, I guess. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> such softies. Yeah, my mom is, you know, very petite, like a very traditional Vietnamese woman, you know, keeps her appearance up, you know, everyone says she's so cute. And I'm like, she is the scariest woman I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life, you know? You don't even know the fear she can put in the person, you know, <laughs> until you're their children. Right. Yeah, but then with the grandchildren, I mean, she shoves gummy bears down their throat, you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> and all this candy. Right. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so how many months a year do you take the children back to Vietnam? Well, that depends on uh, how much time we can. Uh, I can get up, you see. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the summer, I can basically be in Vietnam. So, uh, right. The it's longest time was actually last year. Last spring, I was in Vietnam for four months mm-hmm. uh, to work on a project. Mm-hmm. So Eden was with me, and that's when he st- first started talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, four he, months. He laughed, and he had maybe two, three words um, in in English, two, three words in Vietnamese. He came back four months later speaking in sentences in Vietnamese. Wow. No English. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and this year we went again for two months. Mm-hmm. I was there for three months. I was there for two, yeah. two months, and Eden and Tom stayed back for a few more weeks, so I would say like three months. This yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. And what, where did they go to school here in New Orleans? Uh, they are both at uh, Kidopolis, that's a daycare center up to Lynn. Oh, right. They're that's still quite young, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. Do you have any intentions to send them to one of the bilingual schools here? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, we hope so. I'm trying to, we are trying to look into a uh, French bilingual. Mm-hmm. bilingual school. for One right across the street, right? right. I, yeah. Yeah. We hope to enroll in it a little sooner, though. Uh-huh. So they start with kindergarten there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's... So Ethan will be four. It's pre-K three. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. So so oh Ethan will be four. We are looking into pre-K four for Ethan yeah. next LFNO. year. LFNO. Right. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. So he can learn a third language. Yeah, three and and a language that has a history in Vietnam as mm-hmm. well. Now mm-hmm. my parents are both bilingual in French. Mm. Um, and their studies, like my father's a doctor as well, and all his med school books were in French mm-hmm. at the time. So yeah. I love French. I, I took so Ethan's much. Uh, Do you speak French as well? Not really. I took French mm-hmm. uh, when I was in Vietnam. I took French at Hopkins. I took French at Tulane. <laughs> Bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would buy it. So I hope Ethan will do better. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the words that are so important to us as Vietnamese, Café Soda. Only in the South. <laughs> no, I guess in the, that's right. No, in the North, no, no, no da. No da. Right. I tried that Café Soda and they looked at me like, what? Yeah, if you, try, if you say Café Soda in the North, you mean no da? Right. Yeah, there are actually a lot of words I said that people would look at me, laugh, and uh-huh. say, I haven't heard that word since the 70s. And I'm like, well, <laughs> the timing's right, because that's <laughs> when my parents left. You're so you archaic. Know? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> like, you sound like an old person. I'm like, sorry, you know, not feeling very contemporary. But but it sounds like he, Ethan will be very contemporary in his Vietnamese. And when he comes, when he do you take him to the the restaurants and the neighborhoods mm-hmm. in the east? And what about the chua? What about the pagoda? Or the mm-hmm. We take him to you mean here in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Yes, we take him to chua. We take him to the 
church, Marroquin of Vietnam. Not go not to mass, but uh, I mean, like activities. any activities, festivals, and everything. Same thing with your like fritte, of course. Yeah, we right. love like we basically love having fun. So any festival, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to to have him, I guess, exposed to all these activities, and that's part of the culture mm-hmm. too. And does he speak? Um, Vietnamese that he's learning in Vietnam, does he feel comfortable speaking that in the East and in the oh, West? Bank? Yeah, anyway, as long it him, uh, there was a funny story last year. Anyone that he seems like, that, look, that looks like an Asian, yeah. uh, black hair, oh, really? he'll start speaking <laughs> Vietnamese right away. Yeah, so last year you had a couple. closest friends uh, from parents. when I was growing up, his parents were visiting from you know, Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, Hong Kong Chinese. And um, I picked them up someplace, and with uh, Ethan, and I was right. with Ethan, and Ethan was in, a, in his car seat, and he was sleeping when I picked them up. And at some point during the ride, and I took them out to the east. It was funny; we went out to the east to get some crawfish. And um, somewhere on, on Chef Highway, he woke up and he's you know, looking around, and he looks, sees my friend's mom, and, and he starts immediately starts start speaking Vietnamese. Wow, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, so but, but now it basically he would speak whatever language that you speak to him. Uh-huh. So if you speak to him in English, he will reply in English. If you speak in Vietnamese, he reply in Vietnamese. Well, that's better than what I did, which is when my parents would speak to us, or now they speak to us Vietnamese, and I almost always answer in English. So I, I'm afraid that consider yourself might. lucky <laughs> that he's not doing that. I remember yeah. once we were out with some some friends, some Vietnamese friends, live here in New Orleans or in the, on the West Bank, and. Uh, I was trying to, you know, at the time, Ethan had just barely come back from Vietnam last summer, mm-hmm. and uh, I was trying to foster the Vietnamese as best I could, you know, my, you know, <laughs> my, my very minimal language that I had. And um, one of the Vietnamese said to me, you know, you really, really shouldn't bother. You know, they, you know, children here, they really don't want to speak uh, Vietnamese. So um, anyway, yeah. They, they're saying that in this, here in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but it doesn't mean you give up. No, no, you absolutely know, not. it's like I'm really actually kind of glad that my grandma lived with us. I don't know if I would have spoken any, you mm-hmm. know, just my parents spoke a lot of English to us and they were really concerned about us speaking English like a native, yeah. which is funny. Cause it's like, well, I mean, you're never going to speak native English. So why don't you just let me pick that up at school, All you right. know? Um, but my grandma spoke to us almost, I mean, exclusively in Vietnamese. And I mean, I, I definitely think there is some truth to the fact that, you know, kids don't necessarily want to have multiple cultures in their life. It's, mm-hmm. it's a transition to going to school if it's mostly Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see that in Ethan? Um, not quite yet. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I say, that people say that when they start going to grad school. Mm-hmm. So I'm pressing myself. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you have a plan of attack? <laughs> do you have the strategy? Yeah, yeah but well, right now, sometimes Eden would say something to me in Vietnamese, but there would be a couple of words that he would say in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure. He might not know that word in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. So I would reinforce that and say, oh, you mean this in Vietnamese? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he learn he can learn that word in Vietnamese and use that instead of the English word. Uh huh. Yeah. So New Orleans is you know possibly has is the American city with maybe a stronger kind of feel of being international or just not American. 
but in a lot of ways it's also still very american that you know the history of music here is i mean it's greatest music on earth comes from here um but it's still you know american in a lot of ways now you your son has spent so much time in vietnam and hanoi and it's a very intense city with some serious traffic right, and right. it's i guess it's comparable temperature wise but maybe no, muggier. It's hotter, it's hotter there yeah <laughs> mug, much muggier for yeah. a longer period of time mm. um people the cult it's very common in the culture to be very intense and people to be very bustling, which New Orleans is not a bustling city. What was Ethan's reaction in Vietnam? He he didn't seem to have any any trouble transitioning to that. You wow. know, I, I remember you know and he he was really pretty comfortable out on the street, and he I would say he's, he he developed a little bit of street smartness there, which which I don't think Maya is very happy about. <laughs> <laughs> I and, and give us some comparison. You know, I mean, how many people live in Hanoi in in New Orleans? Um, proper, it's about you know, uh, I guess like four hundred thousand or something. What what's it in? What's the population of Hanoi? Well, in in Hanoi, you take that and multiply by probably fifteen. Right. Yeah. So and it's denser, you know. See, so it's like yeah, you know, right. Yeah. You really, really feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the that's the real difference. And so Ethan's just cruising, bargaining, and <laughs> doing he had everything. he had an amazing experience there. You know, because people are. You know, even people you don't know treat you like family, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we lived in a little area um, with a big plaza. Um, it was like four big 30 story condo towers and a big plaza in the middle. And you saw the same people every day, people that um, you didn't necessarily know, but they, you know, they, they got to know you, you know, um, they knew who you, at the very least they knew who you were. Uh-huh. You know, we, of course, we stood out. <laughs> but, uh, Ethan, Ethan really stood out. It's like a, a day kid. Right. Uh-huh. That speaks Vietnamese. Uh-huh. So every time he say, he says something, people are like, "What? Wow. A Western, <laughs> a Western-looking child that yeah. is <laughs> speaking perfectly accented mm-hmm. Vietnamese." Right. Yeah. But yeah. I remember uh, Ethan. You know, we lived on um, on this in this building, and there were um, you know a whole bunch of uh, of condos on on the floor that we lived on, and. Ethan would go and he'd visit people, you know, every day, you know, we'd, we'd let him out the door or I would and let him out the door. And, you know, I wouldn't worry because, you know, everybody knew him and, and people were really kind to him. And, and one time, um, you know, as I was, he was sick and he was home from school. So I sat there, um, and, and took care of him that day and he didn't go to, he didn't go to daycare. So, uh, at some point he comes out of the bedroom with a suitcase and he starts walking out the door. He says, uh, Mo, I'm I'm leaving, and I said, "Okay, where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm I'm going away in business." And <laughs> going to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "I'm going to the airport," and uh, and I said, "Yeah, that's right." And I said, "So where are you going?" He you said, "I'm going away in what? business." Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I said, "Okay, have fun." And so uh, you know, maybe twenty thirty minutes go by, and you know, I assumed he was going to visit people. Well, he uh, he goes totally he goes totally cool with this. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he basically goes and he takes the elevator and he went down and, and, you know, I, I only found out because like, you know, half an hour late, you know, I'm, I'm frantic. Like, where the hell is he? So, I uh, so I go down he's in the lobby he's with a security in guy bus- doing business, yeah, Tom. Right. <laughs> and some, some old man comes up to me. He's, he's actually half a speaking. Guard, yeah. Well, it's actually some other guy. He oh. was with the security guard and some, some old man comes up, speaks a little English and he says, yeah, I saw him out by the, by the, uh, taxis. <laughs> <laughs> He was, he was trying, trying to, get to a t- take a taxi. 
Um, I, I would like to hear more about how people who are not your family in Vietnam are, react to the four of you as a family unit. Um, but first, I want to get to Vietikit. Uh, the topic I liked that you picked, Tom, was the culture of children in Vietnam versus the culture of children here. Right. Well, I, I thought about it because, like, you know, with our children, people were coming up to them all the time, you know, and, and saying hi to them, whether or Where, not we were in Vietnam, in Vietnam uh, regardless of whether they knew, knew them, uh, they would um, come up to them, start talking to them, pick them up, pose with them for pictures. You know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and one thing in particular that I thought was odd was that um, with Ethan, Ethan's hair is quite a bit longer than um, the other little boys his age in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Most of the little boys in Vietnam his age have crew cuts. And uh, so people were always wondering, you know, is he a boy? Is he a girl? And, you know, it would get to the point where, you know, um, they would actually go up to him some uh, and they would, they would, you know, grab him, <laughs> you know, and I remember one old lady, you know, she grabbed him and she's like, oh, a chim, <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh -huh. So maybe you can explain that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's I do that on the air. <laughs> Delicately. <laughs> anyway, she figured out that he was a boy. This is the alternative to means, looking down his pants. Right. It's, yeah. it means bird, but it's slang in Vietnamese for a male bodily part. Right, right, right. right. So this, this happened on more than one occasion, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they did look down his pants from time to time. So uh, Not something they're going to do in Portland, no. Oregon. No. no. <laughs> or not in the United not States. In <laughs> I mean, if somebody did that, you'd be calling the police. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. you know. And also, I like how um, you pointed out the sociability of kids mm. in Vietnam and talking to strangers. Right. Right. No, uh, you know, I remember once uh, he, we, I'd, I'd heard the story. This is the week that I was gone. My father-in-law um, went to pick him up from daycare, and um, he got distracted a little bit. And Ethan went off with another kid, and uh, and he ended up going up to the kid's apartment. You know, and nobody, you know, they didn't, you know, he he was totally fine with going up and hanging out with strangers and. Uh, you know, that's something that, you know, here it's just a lot different. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it has both, I guess, good and bad for Ethan in particular, because mm -hmm. in general, I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> for him just to go up and, and talk to <laughs> right. uh, But on the that end, after this two months, two, three months in Vietnam, before he went to Vietnam, he was a really cautious mm -hmm. around strangers, people mm -hmm. he, he hadn't met. But after he came back from Vietnam, he was a lot more comfortable in a crowd mm -hmm. and talking with people who, that he missed for the first time. So in that sense, it's good. good. Right. Yeah. Maybe not too much. Maybe you're more comfortable with the sociability increase, but not necessarily the physical separation increase. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I think still uh, doesn't mean... Uh, doesn't mean that uh, that we don't have to supervise parental supervision. No. Right, right. I think <laughs> I think it's interesting too. I mean, the culture over there because the way you address people that you don't know as a you know um, as a child, you know, you're they're all uncles or aunts, you know, uh -huh. and, mm -hmm. and there's a certain intimacy there that you know with with strangers that we don't have here. Doesn't translate don't into, want mis here. into Mr. <laughs> yeah, or Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really something that I never thought about until Tom pointed out. Like everyone seemed to be like. A part of your extended family. Everyone mm -hmm. is a brother or a sister. 
Yeah. An uncle or an aunt. I just, yeah, I would say, you know, in when I went to college, there was a, a family friend, but I just called her my aunt. Mm, and, yeah. it, you know, people, it took years before I think someone I was dating was like, oh, she's not your aunt? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just... It's just like that, though. It's right. Yeah. Like more or less, my aunt. Right. You know? But that's yeah. It's a very different way to. It's what I think is interesting about Vietnamese culture is that there is much more of a hierarchical respect um, mm. code, but at the same time, it's also much. It forces you to be more intimate because you assume that they have some relation to your family and your parents. Right. And you don't get that with Mister and Misses. You right. know. Um, but that's, you know, I think in this day and age, I think it's great that Ethan can straddle these two cultures in with, it sounds like a lot of comfort. Right. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's doing sure. business. Yeah. <laughs> he's got <laughs> the streets of Hanoi. Uh, well, that is coming to the end of my questions and interrogating you about <laughs> your life that I think is very unique. I think your story is unique, and I think it's also a great New Orleans story. You know, you <laughs> met on Magazine Street in a coffee house. And so thank you both so much for coming on the show for two times now. Thank you. You're welcome. That's Vietnam for today. Thank you so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. And a special thanks to today's guests, My Doe and Tom Lasher. Our show is produced by Kim Vu and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris Keel. Our web guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One Music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Aeros Studio monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us at Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today in the lovely city of New Orleans. If you'd like to be a guest on Vietnola, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all the info on our website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of Vietnola. Until then, I'm Kim Vu. Bye. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.